On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. We are joined again by our friend Ryan Roberts, um, Director of Scouting at NFL Draft Bible. Um, He also hosts a couple podcasts, part of the Brawl Network. Ryan, how are you doing, my friend? All good, Cody. All good. Uh, You know, just uh, hanging in there. Appreciate you having me on. You know, it's nice to uh, talk some ball and, uh, you know, escape reality for a little bit here. It absolutely is. And yeah, especially just with everything happening right now, you know, the NFL world's pretty quiet as far as everything has just happened. And so, um, you know, a couple last week, Ryan, we had John talking about kind of the impact that the 2020 offensive draft picks would have on the Colts, whether that be year one or down the road. And so we wanted to do the same, but look and flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And so we'll start here. I'll just read off uh, the picks going all the way down. The Colts had, I guess they had less picks. Maybe they had one or two less picks. Uh, but a lot of their defensive picks were later on. You know, besides, you know, the third round, all their defensive picks were in the sixth round. And so I um, wanted to first start with that third rounder, pick 85 overall. The Colts select safety Julian Blackman out of Utah, um, a guy that, you know, maybe is a little bit more of a scheme fit for what the Colts are trying to do defensively especially now with their decision to not pick up um, you know former first round pick Malik Hooker's fifth year option Uh, but this is a guy Ryan who you know coming off an ACL injury so the Colts think he's probably not going to be ready till maybe October so he's not going to be ready for the start of the season he's still recovering from that Um, what's your take here on Julian Blackman you know first the injury and then also if he's able to kind of fully recover from that injury what type of player do you think the Colts are getting here in Blackman yeah, so I, I mean, Blackman, the first three years of his career at Utah was a guy that actually played outside corner and, uh, you know, pretty, pretty solid cornerback prospect. And they decided to move him over to the free safety role this past year uh, with a couple of departures the year before Blair that's down in uh, Seattle was kind of filling that role. And now Blackman took over this year and showed some signs. You know, you could tell at times that it was a new position for him. The angles are obviously incredibly different. It was something that he was working out, but he's a, he's an athletic kid, and you could see the range. You could see the flashes of potential there. So I, I was a little surprised that he still went in the third round, you know, not being able to test during the, during the uh, you know the draft process and everything. But I guess he got the the thumbs up that he was good to go. And I, I think that at that free safety role, as he continues to get better and get more polished. He, he could potentially fit very well. I actually think that he could also do some stuff inside as a nickel, potentially with, with the experience playing man coverage, doing different things. Um, I think he's a versatile piece that's, that's going to really help. 
uh, and to your point about Malik Hooker, obviously, I guess they're trying to find some insurance in case that, you know, obviously they pick up the fifth year option. Maybe he's out after next season. Maybe, maybe it's not a long term fix. I, I guess Julian Blackman in that scenario is the potential replacement to him. So immediate return. I don't think he gives you a ton this this year. Um, as long as, you know, God willing, we have a season, but I think it's, it's an insurance move. And, and honestly, Blackman coming back from the injury, you probably don't want to rush him back anyway. So insurance move, long-term potential. I think that he can potentially be a starting free safety and, and he's got, definitely has the athletic profile to fit there pretty well. Mm-hmm. How do you think he fits into what the Colts want to do defensively, you know, with their, with their Tampa two type of defense? How do you think he fits maybe even better than say Malik Hooker? I mean, so it's it's a less of a stress on a safety, obviously, in the Tampa 2. Um, Malik Hooker's best thing, at least when he was at Ohio State, was he was that guy that could play single high, cover one. You could just let him roam in the middle of the field and make decisions either side of himself. You know, it, it, his range is outstanding. Obviously, he's not been able to stay consistently healthy. And when he has, it just looks like maybe a little bit is zapped out of him. Um, so stylistically, they're they're different players. It's it, for for that system. There's going to be less responsibility, only playing half of a field than what Malik Hooker does best. Um, I think that for you know, I, I think for any safety though, you know, being able to just play one half of the field, but rather than playing a, a full scale of the field, would be a more advantageous situation. Less space to cover, uh, you know less vision to have to use in, in a half field read type of responsibility. So, I mean, to your point, I, I, I would see as if I was a safety, I would rather play half field as much as possible. But, you know, I, I feel like for a guy like Malik Hooker, it might be limiting his range to a degree, but for a guy like Blackman, who's still getting used to the game, I think having, you know, limiting everything that he's seeing to a degree early on could really help him. And, you know, to the point again, He's a guy coming off an injury. Don't have to rush him too much. The, the, the biggest thing for a safety position is eye discipline, being able to see how you're processing things underneath those different types of things. Letting Blackman t- kind of learn the position early on, I think is really going to pay dividends for the long-term success. Mm-hmm. What are some of his strengths that you've seen uh, from Julian Blackman? What do you think are his biggest things that you know he brings to the table for the Colts? Well, so I, I think I think what makes him a successful safety eventually is one he's a, he's a really nice athlete. There's there's things that you can do with him. He has that experience in man coverage. He is still getting used to you know that again that eye discipline in deep zones. But I think that you could be he could be a versatile piece for him. And then probably the most surprising thing of him being a former cornerback is the dude does not shy away from contact. I, I mean, I, I remember the, the game in the, in the PAC 12 championship game, he was going against Oregon and he just came down like a freight train. I think it was on their tight end. I forget what number it was, but the, the kid is not soft. He's not afraid of contact. He's what you picture in a Morgan Scally U, university of Utah, Kyle Whittingham type of defensive player. He's, he's not going to shy away from contact. He brings a physicality. But most importantly, he brings an athletic profile that is projectable for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know how much the Colts really you know, want that from their defensive backs, guys who are not afraid to come up and make a tackle. So I think he fits really well into kind of what the Colts and Matt Eberflus want to do there on the defensive side. Okay, now shifting to the sixth round. Um, the Colts waited to the sixth round to address defense again. Um, pick over, overall 193, they select defensive tackle Robert Windsor out of Penn State. 
Now, this is, this is a really interesting pick to me and a pick that I wasn't particularly a fan of, if, if you've listened to this podcast at all. Um, but, you know, Windsor's a guy who started off at the one tech, lost, I think, like 20 or 30 pounds, switched over and ended at Penn State at the, at the uh, three technique position. So he's a guy that's had experience in both positions. I think for me, Ryan, I just I didn't understand this pick because, you know, you see all the things that the Colts have addressed, um, all the ways they've addressed that defensive interior this offseason, you know, trading for the force Buckner signing Sheldon day. And they have like a, a couple, you know, three second round picks, um, previous second round picks that they invested in that defensive line. Um, what do you think, you know, Windsor's role could potentially be here with the Colts if he does even make the final 53 men roster? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Cody, to, to a degree, because I, you know, when I, when I graded, um, when I graded Robert Windsor, I, I gave him an, a UDFA grade. I, I thought he was a really tough football player, plays extremely hard. His motor's always running. There's no question about effort inside for a guy like Windsor. The question is, like like you said, though, getting DeForest Buckner for the first-round pick this year, Danico Autry, uh, I think, is still inside for you guys. You have, you have kind of mm-hmm. continuously put draft capital into the position, like even a Taekwon Lewis that can do some stuff on the interior for you guys out of Ohio State a couple years ago. I feel like you really have addressed some needs on there, and it just seems to me, um, you know, from the outside looking in, that Robert Windsor, I think, at best right now is is maybe a third interior rotation guy at at the kind of the peak of what he can be. And I'm ta- not talking about in 2020. I'm saying I think that he is at best a rotational piece inside, a run-stopping defender. I, I don't see much upside. I don't see a great athlete inside that can do things on third downs potentially. I, I see a a tough, physical, determined interior player who's not going to back down but then the question is, can he give you anything on special teams if he's going to be that fringe guy at the end of the roster? So I, I think it's going to be tough for a guy like Windsor to make the roster. He's going to be a guy that coaches are going to fall in love with a little bit because everyone likes that gritty, tough guy that, that you know just will do anything to get the win. You know, the game of inches, that type of dude. I get it. I see why some coaches would really value that. But I don't see the upside with him. I'm just I'm having a tough time just seeing where he makes an impact in 2020 or even in the next couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, we've even talked on this podcast, like a guy like Taekwon Lewis that you mentioned, you know, what, what he might not even make the final 53-man roster, and he's a guy that could potentially kick out and play some defensive end this year. You know, he played that at Ohio State. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I didn't really love this pick. Um, I just feel like there's such a logjam, especially that defensive interior. Didn't make a lot of sense um, from that end, but yeah, maybe a rotational piece there. Um, the next guy, the Colts picked at 211 and staying in the sixth round. They drafted cornerback Isaiah Rogers out of UMass. They actually traded away former second-round pick Quincy Wilson for this pick and essentially drafted his replacement in getting Isaiah Rogers. And their body types are obviously completely different. Isaiah Rogers doesn't even sniff six foot. Quincy Wilson was like six one, I believe. Um, but this is a guy that is a very good special teams player. He was um, at UMass. I know he can do a lot of things for this defense. I think he's a guy, you know, if we're looking at Robert Windsor and saying – I don't know if he's going to make this final roster. I almost feel like Isaiah Rogers' ability on special teams could potentially make him, you know, one of those guys, you know, fourth or fifth corner, but he also plays special teams and that can help elevate him to, you know, the final 53 man roster. So what is your take here on Isaiah Rogers? So, so I actually got to Isaiah a little late and um, 
it, it was a guy that I wasn't going to take a look at, and I watched. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man, he's a he's a scrappy competitor. He has great ball skills. I think he had something like 11 interceptions and like 30 plus pass breakups in his career at UMass. So defensively, he he really knows how to how to play the football in the air. He's a, he's a tough competitor. And then, like you said, you know, he averaged I think like right around 24 yards per kick return. He took a punt back to the house this past season. He's going to be able to contribute on special teams, and that's only as a, as a returner. I think that he's also going to be a really nice special teams player, just because he's a, he's a nice athlete. He's competitive. I think that he can definitely make the roster. Obviously, special teams is going to be the spot early on. And then it, it's it's going to depend on really how he can develop. Because I know you guys have Kenny Moore, who's a you know dynamite nickelback, and, and he does a lot of great things inside. So Isaiah Rogers is not going to be a guy that's going to be pressed into duty on defense too, too early. Um, the, the long-term question is, how much can he do on the defensive side of the football? Because I think at least this guy is a quality depth player that does a lot for you on special teams potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think he could potentially be kind of that backup to Kenny Moore in the slot? And I know that last year when Kenny Moore went down, the Colts had no answer for anybody that even you know was remotely good in the slot. Um, do you think this is a guy that could potentially develop into being kind of that reserve slot guy, special teams type of guy, so if Kenny Moore does get nicked up a game or two, he can step in and be pretty effective as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I honestly do. I, I think that he fits inside very well. You know, a couple of things that highlight are, one, short area quickness. He has it. Two, competitive nature, being able to be physical inside. He has that as well. I, I think if, if, if you could take anything away from the defensive backs you got in the draft, even though I think that Julian Blackman, again, is going to be more of a deep, deep coverage guy, a deep safety role, I think that potentially Blackman could do some stuff inside. Isaiah Rogers could potentially do some stuff inside moving forward. So if in that situation, a Kenny Moore does go down, you have a couple guys that maybe could play a little nickel. So I feel like maybe that was a point of emphasis for them. And and like we said, you know, the special teams um, allure of a guy like Isaiah Rogers is going to be really nice this year and uh, especially moving forward. Yeah, and it will certainly be, you know, better for what the Colts want to do defensively in the special teams because, you know, Quincy Wilson, he didn't play special teams, right? He was a guy that if he wasn't on the field. I mean, he didn't really see the field. If he wasn't on there on the defense, on the starting defense, I mean, he just was like not playing. Um, so certainly Isaiah Rogers gives you a lot of different options, you know, getting him on the field, which will be really, really awesome to see. Um, and we can move on now to the last pick the Colts made in this draft. They had a slew of picks, uh, 211, 212, and 213. And with 213 pick, they select safety slash linebacker Jordan Glasgow out of Michigan. And I know that Chris Ballard really talked about how they loved Glasgow's ability on special teams, you know, another special teams guy. Uh, what, do you, what do you see from Glasgow that can make you think potentially he could contribute right away on special teams for the Colts? Yeah, I mean, so obviously Glasgow is a name at Michigan over the last few years. Um, you talk about the center that's at with the uh, Detroit Lions now, interior offensive lineman Graham, and there's there's been a few of those guys that have come out. And uh, Jordan is very different. You know, his older brothers are both offensive linemen, bigger guys, and he's the walk-on safety slash linebacker who just had a really nice year this past year with Michigan. Uh, and he plays every bit to that former walk-on that you would expect from him. Now, he's he's a guy that how much he'll affect the game defensively? Probably none over the first couple of years, but he is going to be one of the best special teams players 
um, on the Colts roster, maybe in the NFL, it, that, that really, I don't think that's any hyperbole at all. I think that he just has that mentality. He's a better athlete than you think. He gets after it. There's no hesitation to his game. So this is the type of guy that, hey, man, if he, if he, if he ever gives you anything on defense, that's fine. But all he has to be is serviceable, serviceable backup, and then he's going to be one of the better special teams players. He was awesome at Michigan early in his career, especially before he started playing a little more down the, down the stretch. He's a home run pick at pick two thirteen. You know, you, you you don't at that stage in the draft. There's no guarantees that guys are going to make the make the um, make the final roster, but guys like this that can impact a core special teams player, four way special teams player. Uh, you can't ask for more, much more than that past pick 200 to, uh, uh, to effectively make the roster and then make an impact on the roster. Right. And yeah, like, and I think a lot of people don't really think about it, but you know, special teams really is a huge factor. Like, you know, you can win and lose and the Colts should know Colts fans should know special teams can win you games. It can also lose you games. I mean, we saw a lot last year when the Colts had all those kicking issues I mean, you know, there's a lot of other factors, but, you know, cost them points and really cost them wins. And so I I definitely love these later round picks for the Colts here just to help the Colts, you know, solidify one of the best special teams units. I know that they were, you know, with Pat McAfee, Adam Vinatieri, they were one of the best special teams units for a long time. And so um, certainly will be awesome, especially, you know, Chester Rogers, who is who did a lot of in the return game for the Colts the last few years. He's gone. So it'll certainly be nice to to add some more guys who can help and contribute on special teams right away. Um, but thank you, Ryan, so much again. We, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about, you know, both the offensive and defensive sides. Um, I didn't do this before with the offensive. There's any of those undrafted free agent guys that you think could potentially make any sort of impact. I mean, it's kind of different than previous years um, because there's a lot of depth on this Colts roster as compared to previous years. Are there any of these guys that potentially interest you that the Colts kind of signed on the defensive side? Uh, well, let, let me let me pull up a, a list right real quick, and I can tell you just for the UDFA period this year, um, it's it's very different. I, I know that the UDF signing has, has it's got cut in half this year, obviously with a lot of guys not being able to get their medicals, and it's been tough t- um, uh, things for some of these guys to be able to make the roster. But it, as I'm looking kind of at this list. If I had to just kind of point out a guy, I know that the the edge position has been something where it's been um, pretty pretty um, solidified over the last couple of years. You guys bring in with Justin Houston. I know Kimiko Torre is kind of getting beat up, and uh, but if there's a guy that I kind of like that I was a little surprised that went undrafted. I know he's not a great athlete. I, I do like Kendall Coleman a little bit out of the University of Syracuse. Uh, junior year was a little better than senior year. He had 10 sacks as a junior, but he, he does type those types of things that you really like as an edge setter can give you a little juice off the edge, a little uh, versatility of alignments, being able to rush from different areas. He's a really tough uh, physical kid. That's going to give you some, some nice um, reps on the edge could probably do some nice things with special teams too. So if there's one guy I'm kind of looking at as I'm coming through this list, I, I think Kendall Coleman's probably the best shot. And then maybe if I just wanted to throw in one other guy, I can tell you this just from personally seeing him because because there's a uh, there's a, te- a test football academy that's here in New Jersey. Um, I saw this guy work out a little bit. Uh, Wellington, the linebacker out of Washington, Brandon Wellington. This kid is is a smaller kid, uh, six foot two twenty two listed. But I'll tell you, man, I saw this guy work out in person. 
he gets after a little bit. He's a nice athlete. So maybe potentially dime linebacker, some ty- different types of things. And I think he could also be a great special teams player. So Kendall Coleman, mm-hmm. Wellington, the linebacker from Washington, I think are a couple guys that you might have to watch out for. Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, that'll be interesting to see training camp preseason. If any of those two guys or any of the other you know undrafted free agents really stand out and make a case to make that final 53 man roster. Um, but thanks Ryan so much again, man. We, I really appreciate you coming on here and, just being able to talk a little bit about the Colts. Um, you pre- always appreciate your insight, and we'll have to do it again. Absolutely, Cody. I, I have nothing better to do right now, man. So let's uh, let's keep let's keep the good vibes going for football season. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah. You stay safe, you and your family. Hope you have a blessed week, and it's great for you. You too, man. Appreciate it.